Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of Your Life is Awesome, the Smut Slam Storytelling Podcast. People want to know if they've maybe heard this podcast on accident or they are coming to us about the live events. They want to know what is the Smut Slam? Where do we get these stories from? What is going on? And it's kind of hard to explain, but I'm going to give it a shot. Basically, we host these open mics uh, at various locations around the world inviting people to tell their own stories. They can drop their name in the bucket at the door when they arrive. And then over the course of the evening, we draw out those names one by one and people come up and tell their own first person real life stories. It is astonishing. I don't know how it works exactly, to be honest with you. I've been doing it for nearly 12 years. I still don't understand how it works, but it does. People always want to come up and tell the story. So that's Smut Slam. I hope that you get a chance to come out and see a live version of it at some point. You might also wonder, well, gosh, Cameron, that sounds really risky. You know, it's strangers in a room coming from all different backgrounds. How do you get people to tell stories that don't threaten other people? How do you get people to tell stories that are full of consent and, and, and safer for everyone in the room? Well, that is something called the code of conduct that has developed over, you know, years now where we lay out some ground rules about how people should approach the microphone and how they should think about their stories and what they're trying to tell. It ends up being pretty long. You should definitely take a listen sometime. It ends up being a, a, a rather lengthy sort of housekeeping thing at the top of the show, but it's very important that everyone is on the same page. And I bring this up because we're going to be going over the code of conduct over the next several episodes, different points in it, so that people understand where we're coming from. And uh, it also answers one of the questions that we have started to get already about like why your life is awesome. What is the name of your show about? That comes from our short list of allowable interruptions that people can make for other stories on the microphone. So uh, sometimes people get real into kind of talk back and yelling out things and they get into the stories and they interrupt the stories and they make their own additions and Let's just be real here. Most of the people telling our stories are not professional storytellers or performers in any way. So interruptions can be really scary. So what we've done to kind of keep that down is offer three allowable types of interruptions. One is if there is a villain in the story, you are allowed to boo the villain. And by that, I mean, you know, like, oh, and then he said he didn't like to wear condoms. Boo! It's great to get a whole room booing at someone in your story who was a bad guy. It's very cathartic. Another allowable interruption is if they hear something really good that they like in your story, they can give what I call a burlesque heckle, which is just going, woohoo! Uh, something like that. That's totally fine. And then the third way that they can show their appreciation or get involved verbally with what's going on in the microphone is by yelling out, 
Your life is awesome. Now, people only get one or two of those a night. I warn them not to overdo it. Uh, but sometimes you just get so carried away by how awesome the thing is, you have to say it. And that's where that comes. Your life is awesome. So that's just uh, one of our approved ways of uh, letting the storyteller know that we're paying attention, that we are involved. Now, you know, your life is awesome. We do have buttons and stickers with that on it. If you ever want to grab some, you can find us at smutslam.com. Okay, let's get on with the show now. The show that we are drawing this episode from is themed greedy. This is from the Berlin Smut Slam on November 21st, 2022. In particular, I was really excited to have on the judges panel that month, Melina Lee Williams hyphen Huss, who uh, is an amazing kink educator and activist and all around just super knowledgeable person to to just astonishing, a performer. And she joined us for the judges panel and that meant that she got to tell a story. So that's an exciting part of this, of this show. Uh, let me just run down what the stories are going to be happening from there. We have my story that I kicked off with where I tell about a time back in my college days when my eyes were much bigger than my plate and I really wanted to get some I call it rotisserie. I guess other people call it spit roast. Anyway, I was going for a threesome and wow, that did not work out. The next story is from Alina who tells the story of taking care of her own pesky virginity construct when she was younger. Then Melina is up sharing how service to others can also mean taking care of yourself, which is super important for a 24-7 slave and submissive. Our final teller brings us to the Big Sur in California for a relationship closure that ended up being fairly deep and incredibly moving as well. Honestly, this story was one that I thought really exemplified what I say during the introduction to the show where it's like, these are not all comedy stories at all. Like we really value different types of emotional experiences in the stories that come to the stage. So this was a fairly, whoo, this is a very intense story to wrap up with in between our fuck buckets which are anonymous questions or confessions that I get from the audience. Sometimes I answer them myself or I definitely read them out loud if they're just confessions. If they're questions, sometimes I'll ask the judges panel to weigh in and other times I'll turn it back to the audience and get a sort of crowd survey going on that. That's what the fuck buckets are. You're going to get some of those in between the stories for this episode. Go ahead, sit back, strap in and enjoy the ride. When I went off to college. I was coming from a Mormon household. I had stopped being a Mormon when I was 13. I had five years of chafing against my parents' domain. And I was like, fuck this noise. I'm going to college. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And so I did. I did. Hardcore. I smoked so much pot, y'all. Um, I don't even know how I, I don't even know how I got the grades that I did the first year. Um, I wore hippie clothes and I wore capes and I wore, and nobody blinked because it was Eugene, Oregon. And so nobody cares in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and I also just fucked like a fucking ferret 
or some other animal that's like fucking nasty in sex. Um, I just fucked a lot. I just went after it um, because I was tired of waiting for that for the, that whole five years when I was like, I knew what sex was, but I couldn't really do it very well with my parents in the periphery. So the thing about growing up in those religious households, if you know for yourself, is like you don't get a lot of discussion or conversation about how to do the sex. You know that you want the sex, but you don't know how to do it. Never mind consent. <laughs> nah, this was 1988. Things were barely kicking off about consent back then. Um, and, and like how to negotiate complicated situations, you know? Um, it was a challenging thing altogether. I did my best. Uh, I did my best at the time, but I I made some mistakes, and tonight I just want to tell you briefly about one of them where I was so greedy for this experience, and then it just it fell apart at the last minute. So one thing that I was greedy for, and I think in some ways I still am, um, shh, don't tell anybody, no one gets to hit me up for this, uh, I really have always wanted to do a full-on rotisserie experience. Do you know what rotisserie is? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So like two dicks, right? Two dicks and like, maybe, what do you call that? Yeah, yeah. It's really crank the, crank the handle. What would you call that? Spit roast. Well, I think of rotisserie. It's the same basic. I wanted it to be put on a fucking spit of dicks and, and like that. So I really wanted that. And um, I didn't know what to do about that. But um, I, was in, uh, I was in a fairly freewheeling um, department at, at the university where people were just sleeping with each other all the time. You know, those Russian majors, you know, they'll do anything. Um, and so I independently, separately, talked to two guys there in the, the department. Um, they were older than me, so I was like, <laughs> okay. And uh, what if we did this thing? Like, would you be up for it? Like this whole, would you, would you be up for this spin roast, basically? <laughs> And um, they both individually said, okay, all right. They didn't have a lot of experience navigating these things either. And so one of them came over at the appointed time, a little, maybe a little early, keen. That's what I like to see in my partners, a little eager. And, and, then, um, and then I got a call from the other one. He said he was running a little bit late. He said, oh, by the way, who's the other guy? And I told him, and there was a silence on the phone. And he was like, I can't do that with him. And I was like, what? Do you, what? It's like they're basically competing doctoral students <laughs> in the department. I, I, I said, you can't. I'm like, what? And, and, and then I was like, okay. Um, and I hung up, and I turned to the guy who was already in my bed naked. And, and he's like, oh, so he's not coming over. And I'm like, no. He's like, who, who was it anyway? And I told him, he's like, no, God, no. He actually jumped out of my bed, horrified, put his clothes on and left. So the point of all this, I guess, is like, go ahead and go for what you want. You know, up to your fucking shoulders if what you want is that. But like, you have to tell everybody details. And especially if you're in academia, things are going to be more important than you think. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> this is a great place to ask for it. I was recently texting with a guy on Bumble, and he said he would like to taste my plechin. Plechin. Is he referring to my boobs, butt, or pussy? I'm still confused by this terrible, dirty talk. 
what is it? What is it? He wants to taste my Christmas cookies. Is, has anyone else heard, like, you've not heard this in a sexual context. You've heard this in a sexual context. You have. It's terrible, dirty talk. Whoever this is, you need to correct him and say, get on with it. Do you want my pussy or what? Okay. Um, and now I want, I want everyone, this is your assignment, to go out there and next time you're dirty talking with someone about your pussy, like, use that. Okay. We're going to make it happen. Everyone's going to wonder how Berlin got to be so wholesome with its slang. Get that sticky jam. Okay. Sorry. Okay, uh, raise your hands. This is audience survey time. Raise your hand. It's going to be a yes or no question. Is it weird to occasionally start singing after coming? Yes, it's weird. No, it's not weird at all. See, this is the kind of crowd we're talking about here. If I ask the crowd, the room at Smut Slam, everyone's going to be like, no, go for it. I sing like three verses from any musical at every time. <laughs> okay, question, question. Have you ever played Never Have I Ever with your siblings? Confession, still recovering. I told you I came from a Mormon household, right? No, no. Uh, no, God, no. Okay, one more and then we get to a story. Hang on, hang on. Oh, I'm in my first polyamorous relationship and so far it's the best and I'm really happy smiley face. That's uh, your life is awesome. Someone's like, yep, that's fine. So it's the second time I come here and I don't think I have a story. And then I'm like, yeah, maybe something. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let me set up the story for you. So uh, Alina is, I'm going to talk about myself as third person because it was so long ago and I was such a different person back then, actually. Um, <laughs> it was, I'm 18 and a half years old. I'm Israeli. Uh, I'm a virgin. Just finished high school after being very proper and nice and saving my virginity for that special person. You know how it is. That's bullshit, by the way. The whole concept of virginity is so toxic. So, and I know that I'm going to the army in a few months, okay? And where I'm going, I'm going to be a commander at basic training. Can you imagine a virgin commanding basic training? And the whole concept of the, that being a problem is also really weird to me now that I think back at it. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> so basically, I decide I'm going to lose my virginity before I go to the army. It's very important. And I'm thinking, what am I, what, how do I do this? Like, uh, how do I turn my back on four years of high school prudeness? Yeah, like making people crazy and just being like, no, my virginity. <laughs> And, uh, and like, what do I do? What do I do? And then I decide uh, I'm going to just turn back to my last ex. So I've been to do this guy for a year and a half. Yeah. Serial monogamist. You're supposed to say boo. No, no, kidding. Um, and uh, I just uh, <laughs> go to this, uh, to, decide to go to this guy and just, you know, like, okay, we've been doing like dry humping for a year and a half. So basically we're pretty comfortable with each other. The only problem is the reason why he dumped me is because I wouldn't have sex with him. Where, where's... Thank you. So now I'm like, okay, but yeah, fuck it. So I go to a party, I meet him, and I say, like, you go have a cigarette. And I'm like, Yoni, um, I don't want to be a virgin commander. 
you want you want to have like sex once he says like do i he just grabs me by the hand and we just drive to his house immediately okay and we we get there and we like immediately take our clothes and we just we just have sex it's super 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 mediocre um <laughs> uh, and by the end of it, yeah, it's just, it's over. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, that, that was it. That was the whole thing that I was avoiding <laughs> for so long. That's so anticlimactic, if you know what I mean. Um, and anyways, no, he, he, was, he was sweet. I was sweet. Everything was fine. And then, like, he pulls out, and I'm like, where's the condom? He says, like, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Where's the condom? And I'm like, oh, it's my greedy vagina. <laughs> And uh, I, I realized that it's still inside. <laughs> and like, you know, like, virgin, 80 and a half with my ex. And I'm like, what? And I just run to the bathroom, basically. I lie on the floor, and I try to grab it out of me, okay? And he very graciously walks in to try to help me. And I'm like, get out of here, get out of here. And I just slam the door <laughs> back in his face. And uh, basically, that's the end of the story. And I got to be a non-virgin commander in the Israeli army. I'm leaving that story a little confused right now myself. But uh, uh, just a reminder that serial monogamy is just a way of doing relationships, right? But like someone who's breaking up with you for not having sex, well, boo. But also, that's good you got that. Like, that's one of those filtration devices, right? Like, if someone's breaking up with you for that reason, it's like, okay, you might be a dickhead, right? Uh, did, you found a condom okay, though, right? You found a condom okay, right? <sighs> Next time, let him help because it's a different angle. I know it's vulnerable and weird. Okay. Um, hormones are weird. Sometimes my nipples get so sensitive, I can nearly come from nipple play, but not quite. The partner takes full advantage, and it is great. That's so lovely. Aw. Hearing other people's sex stories makes me horny. I told you where you can go to deal with these issues. Or one more, because I know someone's going to shout out one more. Okay. <laughs> Why do I encourage them? Because I love them. Okay. Um, eh, I really like FFM threesomes, especially when the women are the ones penetrating. Spit roast is just a structural thing, right? It's nothing more than that. An architectural. So my husband is famous for several things. One of them is composing contemporary music. Um, he is considered one of the top five contemporary composers alive today. But Melina, what is contemporary music, contemporary classical music? It's weird shit that like no one listens to. So he's famous for, you know, being weird, writing weird shit that no one listens to. He's also famous for um, being my owner and husband. We are involved in a completely consensual, dominant and submissive dynamic. I am the submissive. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. It shouldn't be hard to believe because the reality is the toughest bitches on the planet are submissives. The fiercest, most get shit the fuck done bitches on the planet 
are the people who identify as consensual slaves and submissives. And so when my beloved owner slash husband orders me to find someone for us to have a threesome, this is my responsibility. The problem is I'm 53 and my libido is doing that thing that it does when your hormones are like, fuck you. Don't fuck anybody. Fuck everybody in the next 10 minutes. Now don't want to fuck anybody for the next 10 months. So you who have uteruses, be warned. No one told me. And I was like, fuck. So the thing is that my husband, my owner, if it has a pulse and it consents, he is DTF. He is ready to go. I, on the other hand, could have like Idris himself in front of me, naked, rippling grease. And I'd be like, could you get me a snack? Because those are my priorities these days. So it's very difficult for us to find sex partners because he's ready for anybody. I'm like, I have three people on the planet who I might want to fuck and two of them are busy. I do have one friend who's another famous sex weirdo. Have you heard of cuddle parties? This is the guy who like created these. His name is Reed. Very delightful. He's sort of, to understand him, you have to know he's basically like a horny golden retriever. (laughs) He's sort of just like, you want to have sex? I'm like, God, that's amazing. So pretty much he is the one person who I can call and be like, dude, are you ready for the three with the stuff and the yes? So we had this arrangement, and for the couple of months beforehand, because arranging all our schedules is almost impossible, I'm just not looking forward to it, and I can't understand why. This is like one of the few people I actually do want to fuck. And I'm having a threesome. We rented a whole house in, like, California up north with redwood trees and, like, no one around so we can scream and bang the walls down. And I'm just sort of like, eh, eh, eh. And I can't figure out why. You know how you can sort of lie to yourself? As a submissive person, as someone who's dedicated to service, I just love doing things for people. I couldn't understand my greediness because what I really wanted, what I really fucking wanted was to not have to do anything. I just wanted to lay back and be like, service my body, white men. As you do. But I was too terrified because I was like, I'm a service submissive. I serve. That's what I do. How can I be like, you do me. I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to suck your dick unless I want to suck your dick. You don't go waving it in my face expecting me to, you know how they just like start slapping it against your face and you're just like, could you like ask first with the thing with balls in my chin? Okay, so (laughs) it's a week before the assignation and I finally literally like, in the middle of the night, woke up my owner and I said, sir, professor, look, here's the thing. I don't want to have to do anything in this threesome. I just want you to do me. And he's like, this is good. (laughs) And I'm like, really? Okay. So I messaged Reed. I'm like, Reed, so this is a do me pillow queen threesome. And he's like, awesome. I was like, oh my God, why did I fucking wait so fucking long? So we get to the beautiful cabin. We're hanging out. We're chatting. We had some friends over. They were not sure if they were going to stay for the sex party because when you hit middle age and you're a pervert and you've been fucking in sex parties for like decades now, you just opt out sometimes. You're like, oh, it's 11. I, I gotta, like, <laughs> you laugh now, but you're going to find me in 20 years and be like, oh shit, you were right. 
Who knew this was even a possibility? You do, <laughs> As you have heard, you do not have to wait 20 years. You can be done fucking now. So the evening progresses, and what was hilarious is that my owner is out in the living room, like trying to sort of like lure one more person to the party. And she's like, I got work. I got a thing. And he's like, oh, but this, uh, you don't have to stay the whole time. You can come and go in the thing. And I'm like, professor. <laughs> Meanwhile, me and Reed are in the bed, like rubbing our booties together, like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do the thing. And I'm like, what if, I, so I finally literally walk in and I'm like, sir, the sex is starting. My titties are out. And he's like, oh, it comes jogging in. Here's the thing. I had no idea how to just receive sex. I was like, I, since the age of... (laughs) Had always been convinced that the way to have sex was for me to do and give everything as much as I possibly could. And there was such a stigma attached to being a quote-unquote pillow queen. Do you have that term? that I, I, was, I was ashamed and embarrassed and I felt really terrible. So I had to really force myself to not do anything. And I was like, okay, here I go. I'm just laying here. Not like stiff like a board, like laying here, but they're like, relax laying here, you know, thing. And so we start sort of fooling around. We're making out. There's some titties being rubbed. There's some fingers going into a vagina. There's someone trying to get a finger up my butt. I'm like, lube, 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 lube. <laughs> I don't care how wet the front pussy is, the back pussy always needs lube. (laughs) Do that shit. So at one point, my lovely, lovely husband, who has a thing for titties, like a thing. It's not even kind of a thing, it's a thing. It's such a thing that like on his birthday on Facebook, I post, okay, spouse meister titty time, and just people just post their titties. And every year people are like, well, I have, I'm like, what, I don't, did I say they have to be gendered titties? It's titties. <laughs> he loves them all. That's how much of a titty person he is. So he's sort of like up around my head and rubbing my boobs and playing with my face and telling me how beautiful I am and telling me how sensual I am. And meanwhile, my friend Reed is down there like between my legs, like with his tongue and his fingers and fingers and tongue. And something is going on. I'm just like, oh my God, I don't, I don't get, Sex is sort of amazing. And I'm literally like, just take a breath. You don't have to do anything. I keep turning around like, do I need to suck a dick? Do I need to fondle nipples? Do I need to juggle someone's balls? Do I need to... No, I don't need to fucking do shit. And then the orgasms start. And here's the thing. I am not a difficult person to bring to orgasm. Let us just say that. (laughs) I actually had a, a, a guy I fucked on a, on a pickup on Craigslist complain about it. He was like, I felt like I could have just been rubbing you with sandpaper and, and reading, the, reading from the New York Times and you still would have come. I'm like, yes, bitch, yes. How is this a problem? You're weak, you're weak. So eight or 10 orgasms in, I have my legs locked around Reed's head. I have my husband who is like sucking on my titties so hard. I'm just like coming just from that. And I had the first round of orgasms. I'm laying there like sweating, like, holy shit. Oh my God, this was so good. And then it started again. And I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking fantastic. Amazing. And I realized about an hour or so into this that they are having the best time. They are playing me like three accordions (laughs) and loving it. 
their lives are fucking awesome. Because I realized, and it suddenly the light bulb finally went off. Service isn't just about doing for someone. Watching someone have pleasure that you are providing for them is also service. And after like hour three or so, (laughs) trust me, there was some Gatorade fortification because a bitch was dehydrated. A lot was going on. But it was so liberating for me to feel like being a pillow queen was not just all right, but it was fucking magical and powerful. And I just felt so delighted at the end of that. Thank you. And then I go on Facebook the next day and I'm just like, everyone needs to know being greedy and selfish about sex is fucking rad. And my friends are like, where the fuck you been, bitch? (laughs) Thank you. Okay, I don't, no, don't go anywhere yet. Yeah, Yeah. like, I don't, I think you need to understand that, like, Molina and I have talked about doing some shows together (laughs) for, like, like, five years. Five years, and then the pandemic got in the fucking way, and now we're here, and so this is an epic moment of of, of four titties colliding. It's historical. It's fucking historical. I'd love to be strapped down on all fours and used all night by people with animal masks and heads. So uh, they're saying this, but I, I guarantee they have specific animals in mind. Like, I don't think anyone's going in with like an anteater or like a hedgehog. Or they, yeah. What about that? What about that blobfish? Like they're not really talking about that. They're talking about well, maybe they're talking about anties. It's true. Amazing, amazing. Well, Halloween can happen year round, frankly. So go for it. Oh no! <sighs> gonna do two fuck buckets because we're gonna have to. No, no. Uh, last time I had sex was so bad I never want to have sex again. Oh. <sighs> All right. Three quick, I normally don't give advice, but I want to know, what would you do to get back in the saddle from that? Sex was so bad, they never want to have sex again. What would you do? Masturbate. Masturbate. We had a hand raised with, is that masturbate? Yeah, okay, anybody else other than masturbate? Someone new. Someone new. Hire a professional. That's the one. That is the fucking one. Um, I met my first girlfriend and the love of my life when I was 16. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we were in school together and we played in orchestra together and we laughed our asses off. And she was, to me, as an out person, obviously fucking gay. But it took a little while to get her there. But I got her there. I got her there. And we dated for a couple of years. And then um, I went to uni and she went to uni. And we split up. And then afterwards we came back together when we both moved back to London. And then we were together for a long time. 
like when you're 20, it was a long time. <laughs> so we were together for like seven years and it wasn't, it wasn't the best relationship. It was a little bit dysfunctional. It was a little bit codependent. It was a little bit of that sort of early years queer girls vibe, which I'm sure some of you guys know. (laughs) And we loved each other so hard and so deep and so possessively. And I am not a monogamous soul. And she really was. And we found our way through, like, by the skin of our fucking teeth. Um white nails all the way (laughs) and then um I came to Amsterdam first of all started studying in Europe I got a studio place and it started to come apart because I wanted to grow (laughs) so anyway it started to come apart and it started to come apart and we didn't want it to and it just got darker and darker and darker and it needed to fucking stop. <laughs> this might not be a headlining kind of story. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'd done long distance and we had made each other's hearts fucking break. And we decided we were going to go on a road trip across America oh, in a car together. Because we were really not functional for for, for, for for a relationship. We thought that was a good idea. And we did that. And we tried. And it was long. And it was fighty. And it was passive aggressive. And then we got to the West Coast. And we came up the West Coast. And it was fucking beautiful. Just beautiful all the way. And not beautiful at all inside. And we wanted to love each other and we couldn't and we hate each other so fucking hard and we didn't have the right words and we didn't have anything and we were not fucking anymore and that was our only way to get through things previously was just the sex, the sex, the sex. And that had just dwindled to nothing because we were so far out of this. And then we got to a venue on the coast that um, one of her friends had actually booked And they were going to come and join us. It was in Big Sur. So Americans, you know how fucking beautiful that is. Um, And we had the night to ourselves. The first night to ourselves. And we got there. And we hadn't talked for like five hours. And she had previously thrown her engagement ring down the drain. A couple of days ago before. Yeah, it was good stuff. And we got there. And we drove up the side of this hill and it was fucking treacherous and death drops on both sides. And it was dark. And we got to this cabin, I guess Americans would say. And it had this deck outside and this view out to the sea. And we went in and it was beautiful. And we couldn't talk. And we couldn't connect. And there was a bathtub on the terrace and she ran herself a bath and I went inside and I watched her undressing and getting in the bath and I was just standing there looking at the ocean and crying and not knowing how to finish this but not knowing how not to finish it and I poured us a glass of red wine each and took them out and sat by her as she was taking a bath. And then she put her hand out 
onto my knee and we'd held hands and we couldn't talk anymore. We just couldn't talk to each other anymore. So I leant down and I kissed her and all that hunger and need from the bottom of my soul, of her soul, just came out in that kiss. And then I got in the bath with her. And we fucked. Like we have never fucked before. And we said nothing. And then we unplugged the bath and let the water drain out and just looked at the sunset. And that was the end of it. Wow. Wowzer. Okay, what do other people call those things if they don't call them cabins? What, cottages? Chalet. Chalet, if you're fancy, okay. A shack. Love shack, baby. No, okay. That's not right. <laughs> <sighs> wow. <laughs> Honestly, can we have puppets in here sometime? Just have like a puppet, like a costume box of puppets and people can like illustrate the, the, yeah, okay. On Saturday night, I went to Kit Kat with my ex and his monogamous friend. I said to the friend, I'll try my best not to come on to you tonight, but I also won't turn you away. (laughs) Five hours later, I am wedged between the two of them on the dance floor with hands on my ass, two hands on my ass and two hands on my breast, and I'm not sure whose were whose. Amazing. What? What? I'm having issues with this one. Okay. I would never do this. I haven't maybe worked in a a nine to five uh, job uh, enough to know if this is appropriate or not. Okay. (laughs) Last night I dreamt that I asked my boss to help me by inserting a butt plug in my ass. I told her today. She laughed and said, maybe my subconscious is saying she's a pain in my butt. (laughs) Frankly, that's the second best possible outcome of this story here. I don't even know. Don't tell your boss about butt plugs in your dreams. Have you read that column, Ask a Manager? Do you know this column, Ask a Manager? You should read it. It's very good workplace advice. And I'm sure that if I sent this to her, she would be like, holy fuck no. Put that away and tell your therapist. Okay. Wow. Unless you're working in like a sex toy company, in which case, go ahead. I'm a man and I own a penis. I don't enjoy masturbating. How can I get into it? You don't have to if you don't want to. There is nothing that you do, nothing that's sexually possible that you have to do. No, you, no one's saying, if you're saying that you do want to get into it, there are actually YouTube videos. I'm sure, maybe not YouTube, but there are porn videos. <laughs> I keep forgetting. This is not the world I want to live in. Um, so many ways. There are, are surely like, like educational porn videos. 
about masturbating uh, with a penis. Um, there are books. There are, are things of that sort. Um, you could also see if you don't like masturbating, maybe you like other people touching your penis. See what they do that you like and see if you can replicate that. Uh, did anyone else have any other advice? Workshops. Pocket pussies. Okay, there are ways to get around that. If you want to learn how to masturbate, that you enjoy it, then you can do that. If you don't want to masturbate, you don't have to. No one's forcing you to masturbate. Be glad for that. <laughs> ah! Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I once flooded a basement by being chained to a hot water pipe. Your life is dangerous. I'm sorry, I'm having palpitations from reading that. It's such a short one. Good Lord, please explain muffing to me. Muffing, muffing. Where did I just hear about this from? Yes, yes, that's right. We just talked about that. So muffing is when you have uh, someone who started out with penis, who started out with uh, 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 external plumbing, and uh, they don't want to play with the external part anymore, but you can get into sides of the, it's inguinal, inguinal canal, I think is what, there's a, there's a, there's a structural part of the, of the body there where it's flesh and a little bit of the bone channel that if you are rubbing at it kind of lengthwise, I'm not on the platform, you can't see, but if you go at it lengthwise, kind of either side, you can get some pretty good action going on there. And, and just a reminder, like all of that, all of that tissue in there, whatever your plumbing is, it's all related. So like, like, like I can definitely get clitoral action going, not touching my clit at all, just by rubbing around it because it's pulling at it, right? So muffing is basically kind of the same thing, pulling at that flesh, but like going at it from the outside. If you don't want to touch your penis or you're just it's sensitive for some reason, you can like go at it from the side. That's muffing. Okay. If, if there's any corrections, I welcome them, but that's my basic understanding. I don't know the physiological terms for it, but there's, there's channels and bones and flesh that you can follow in a lengthwise pattern. There you go. You learned something new. <laughs> Historically, a very mask for mask queer, but fuck, entering my boy phase and I can't stop getting hard to the idea of my adult femini doing a fumbling teenage hetero fuck. Yeah, there's so many dark alleyways. Maybe you can borrow someone's car. Maybe you can go to someone's grandparents' house. No, it might be. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As an asexual, I was convinced that everyone just had sex exclusively on Saturday. <laughs> because it is exhausting to go all night and you need your Sunday to recover. <laughs> it's logically sound. I don't see any problem with this at all. Uh, it's great. It's a good organization. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening. And uh, thanks for being here and witnessing yet another astonishing episode of Your Life is Awesome. Want to give special thanks out to our Berlin Prize sponsor, other Nature, and our venue, Crack Belmer. Of course, a big thanks to Melina Lee Williams-Haas, who joined us for not only this 
episode and this session of Smut Slam in Berlin. But two days later, she also joined us for an amazing amazing style of artist interview show truth or dare we're going to be offering that audio from that show basically she and i sat on the stage and just asked questions and told stories of each other it was a pretty amazing uh, event we have audio of that that's going up as a special bonus to our own patreon people as well as the your life is awesome patreon so you want to get on there and sign up for that melina runs her own podcast all that and mo uh, join her for true stories and real advice blended into a mocktail no booze because she does the sober of frothy fun and serious shite so it's she is a lively fucking lady she is a great storyteller you want to catch that podcast if you can 2023 seriously is is kicking off in a big way january 10th uh, there's a smut slam in winnipeg january 16th we're bringing it back to berlin january 21st in Mannheim, also in germany and january 24th leipzig january 25th dresden january 26th Victoria, BC, and January 31st in Copenhagen. There are seven opportunities at least in January to, uh, to, to find us in, in kind of live in person in your face action. So do check out smutslam.com to get a full download on where these are taking place, where you can buy tickets. All the links are there. For other shows by me, you can go to cameronmore.com or find and follow me on Facebook. I want to wrap things up by telling you a little more about our sponsor, Confetti. That is K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E dot E-U. It's an astonishing Etsy-style website for really custom indie makers of kink supplies, dildos, sex toys, the works. All of our listeners, you can go ahead and get like a 20% discount with SmutSlam20 as your code word. I spent a little bit of time browsing on there, just looking for something a little spicy for the holidays. And I found a currywurst dildo. It is astonishing. The French fry, the French fry placement alone on that thing. It's right over the clit. It is perfectly placed. Um, we have an actual unboxing video of that that's over on TikTok. If you want to check that out, Smut Slam International's doing TikTok now. Anyway, that's you can take a look for yourself. The currywurst dildo is truly a brilliant piece of sex toy creation, and you can only get stuff like that handmade custom made or just indie made you know over there on confetti.eu get 20% discount with smutslam20 discount code so for the end of the year thank you because we are coming up here towards the end of 2022 i am so grateful for this first year of shows live shows when we were getting back to business still in pandemic right and i'm super thankful for getting this podcast launched um especially grateful to mark zeestadt for all of his work as producer here and also, I want to just give an extra good shout out to the first patrons supporting the show. That is Robert, Matthias, who was there at the start, Moritz, Emmy, and Toby. So if you want to get in on supporting this excellent endeavor, getting the Smut Slam word out to the widest audience possible, you too can become a patron. We'd love to have you on there. With that, I want to say have a great end of the year. And as they say in Germany, guten Rutsch. That means like 
good slide. They're telling you to slide easily into 2023. Take care now. And remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about Smutslam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.